0: Good morning. It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine, your hands-on guide to sustainable living. Today's news is about diatomaceous earth. What safe natural substance with a proven track record can take the place of many toxic chemicals derived from fossil fuels used today in farming and gardening? If you answered diatomaceous earth, congratulations. Diatomaceous earth, or DE for short, is a fine, white, powdery substance available in many home and garden shops, as well as agricultural feed stores. It's a natural alternative to dealing with many livestock and garden pests with none of the side effects of petroleum-based herbicides and pesticides. Also referred to as shell flower, DE is made up of shells of microscopic one-celled organisms called diatoms. Diatoms once lived in the Earth's waters in immeasurable quantities and used minerals from the water to form their shells. Diatoms live in both freshwater and seawater and because the shells don't decay, when they die, the shells settle to the bottom resulting in huge deposits of diatom beds. The two categories of DE available today are food grade and pool grade. It's very important to know there is a difference here because pool grade DE contains a crystalline silicate, which is a respiratory hazard. Food grade DE is refined in a different way, so it's effective but does not pose this hazard during use. Diatomaceous earth works because it is indeed ground up tiny shells and these have microscopically small sharp edges that will cut into the waxy coatings on many insect pests and parasites causing them to dehydrate and die. DE is effective for livestock such as chickens and goats since it works to rid them of many parasites and has no impact on water quality in terms of runoff or chemical buildup in the soil. It can be dusted on livestock directly or, in the case of chickens, left in pans or trays that the birds will eagerly jump into themselves for a DE dust bath. Much of the same protection for household pets and humans can be seen by sprinkling DE on your lawn to control fleas and other aggravating bugs that your pets tend to bring into the home. You can spread DE by hand or from a bucket, but it's most effective if applied with a broadcast spreader to get an even application. DE will need to be reapplied after time or heavy rains to keep up an effective level of protection, but this is a small trade-off considering it's non-toxic and safe to use around children and pets. More information about diatomaceous earth is available in issue number 82 of Back Home Magazine at 800-992-2546 or on the web at backhomemagazine.com. Back Home is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, this is Ned Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. Good morning.
1: Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of mother earth listen to your community spirit every friday morning from 10 to 10 30. you are listening to your community spirit this is ord energy mon
2: and this is tree song
1: and we were both gone last week yep
2: gone with the wind
1: I went to the uh, Renewable Energy and Sustainable Mm -hmm. Living Fair.
2: Yes, and I went to the Allied Media Conference.
1: And that CD I played um, from News from Back Home, I actually met Ned Ryan Doyle at the Energy Fair, and he gave me 20 new segments, and he actually did make a custom, um, I don't know, ending or beginning to our show, Uh except he said 91.9 on it. Oh, (laughs) he said, next time I'll wear my glasses. And so
2: he's
1: (laughs) he was going to make it it, um, another copy while he was at the actually at the fair. Yeah. But he got so busy because (laughs) this year um, there's been consistently probably the last three, four years, maybe five percent more people have been coming (laughs) every year. This year, estimated 25% more.
2: Ah, wow. It's a a booming industry. Yeah,
1: 3,000 to (laughs) 4,000 more people came. (laughs) And um, imagine 20,000 people in Pomona. (laughs) That's what it was. It's a town of 300 people, Custer, Wisconsin, about 20 miles from Stevens Point. That'd be Pomona, about 20 miles from Carbondale. Yeah. And (laughs) so that would be, you know, (laughs) 20,000 people out at my farm come in for renewable energy
2: well that that'd be fun sometime you know
1: i don't know maybe a thousand people
2: (laughs) a thousand yeah (laughs) yeah sounds like a good time it sounds like renewables are ready (laughs) yeah
1: it was it was i was worn out (laughs) i mean people were so enthusiastic normally i've been this was my sixth year going to this energy fair Mm -hmm. and i know how much literature to bring and so i brought how much literature i brought for the last two or three years yeah I ran out of literature Friday afternoon. <laughs> I had a three-day show. Yeah. I was just like, ooh. <laughs> Luckily, I had, br- I had just printed a whole bunch of business cards. I was just like, well, email me. I'll <laughs> <laughs> email you. Yeah.
2: That <laughs> I'll send it all to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could actually, if you give me that uh, that sound file, I bet I can change ninety-one point nine to ninety-one point one. Oh,
1: he was too embarrassed. He didn't even give it to me. Oh. <laughs> he said oh, he'd uh, just make another one.
2: Well, so. yeah, that'll be cool when he gets that to us. But it's good to hear your conference went well. Mine went really well too. Um, there, um, let's see. There must have been two hundred to three hundred people.
1: I heard you met a famous person.
2: Um. Oh yeah, actually, um, one of the speakers, um, one of the speakers from Prometheus Radio who gave workshops at the conference we went to. Just then, then the following Tuesday, this past Tuesday, she was on Democracy Now, <laughs> so she was talking about um, issues related to. Uh, like low power FM and net neutrality and s- stuff that's going through Congress as we speak. So very important issues. So it was, you know, it was an exciting conference even as we were there. And then it was very inspiring to see that the the word was being spread when we got back into town. So I feel like we learned a lot and we're bringing a lot of that knowledge back to Southern Illinois.
1: I guess we should get to the news.
2: News, but there <laughs> was
1: a happening. Um if we were in town, we would announce it last week on the show. Yeah, like, Passers for Peace came through town, and what they did, what they are doing, is they are going across the U.S. and Canada, and actually, two members of uh, the group that came through Carbondale—one was from, I want to say—one was from Denmark, and one was from Germany. Um. And what they are doing is going around collecting medical supplies to bring to Cuba and other Latin American countries. And they actually collected 36 boxes, a few wheelchairs, crutches, you know, stuff, serious stuff that people really, really need. And um, a very interesting part of it was sitting at my table was a couple who turned 30, sold their house. Well, I don't know what order. But they got married, sold their house, turned 30, and are walking across America.
2: <laughs> yes, walking across America? Like right. Two, one foot in
1: front of the other? Exactly. And <laughs> even more exciting, as little as possible on roads. Aha. Uh-huh. And they were across southern Illinois going across the river-to-river trail. And they were in Macanda, and someone said, Well, you should come to this dinner, Pastors for Peace. And... You know, learn about something. And so we got to talk because I don't know if you're aware, most of my life I went around um, traveling across the U.S. So we really got to talk about how people really tend to be really nice Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and sometimes um, so nice they cause us trouble.
2: (laughs) It
1: was just like, well, because they're trying to walk across America and people are always trying to give them rides.
2: Yeah. You need a ride? (laughs) No, it's okay. You need a ride? No. One time
1: someone actually um, gave them, um, they went and stayed at their house and then the next morning they were giving them a ride back to the point where they were supposed to walk and ended up no 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 I'll drop you down and they dropped them like five miles down the road and then they had to hitchhike back to <laughs> where they walked from. Yeah you know, they
2: so they're that dedicated <laughs> well,
1: most people it wouldn't make a difference but they would get to the end and they're like you know that five miles you can walk.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah I, c- I could imagine that
1: um, if you want to follow their exploits um, their website is TrekUSA.com mm-hmm. and there is actually they actually post something on their website every day that they have service they have like a handheld um, PDA and they post it and if they don't have service like all across southern Illinois in the <laughs> yeah. woods, um, they would just write something every day and then at the end they you know um, they took a day off in Carbondale actually and spent pretty much the whole day posting stuff they said <laughs> so yeah um, I thought that was very interesting. And Pastors for Peace, uh, somewhere on here, it's actually the Interreligious Foundation for Community Organization, um, are the ones that do Pastors for Peace, and their website is ifconews.org, and they are based in New York, and along with a few different other organizations. Every year they collect something different and go to Cuba. And then um, this year they, so far, have filled 16 buses. Hmm. I think that's what they said. And then they usually donate the buses also.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I didn't even know that, but that's a good idea. Right.
1: And I mean, <laughs> usually like one bus to bring all the people back. Yeah. <laughs> so they can drive back. And then the Cubans always give them something.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: one year they gave them Cuban-made solar panels. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, they, they have big factor in Cuba because they want, are working and are energy independent. You know, they don't want to import, and they can't afford to import, really. But um, another year, um, well, I think Cuban coffee. Um, I don't know if they ever got Cuban cigars.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I was that's just wondering that. that's actually
1: contraband in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. So everything else they've given. They wanted to give stuff that's actually good for humanity so one year they gave this um it was like the diatomaceous earth it's some kind of earth that if rats eat it they die and um they call it bio rat and so of course the u.s government confiscated it (laughs) bringing bio rat into the u.s so yeah all right we'll be right back with the news if i hit the right button
0: every year children are seriously injured or killed because they decided to play on or around electric company equipment. Remind children to stay away from mines, poles, and transformers. Even the best safety features are rendered useless when a child treats power equipment as a playground. Help keep children clear of electrical equipment. It's not just dangerous. It can be deadly. To learn more, visit safeelectricity.org.
1: Or just stick your finger in the socket? That'll teach you more. <laughs> <laughs> I like that sound. It was like... Bzzz. So, um, you have a few happenings.
2: Let's see. Yes, happenings. There's... I know one that's coming up. Now, I'm not positive of the title. I think I know the title. But we have the free film Friday. That's uh, every Friday at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy IMC. And tonight's film, I believe, is called Big Snake... I'm not sure, but I know it's a Frank Zappa film. It's like from one of the concerts back in the '70s, and it has like added, sort of, from what I, I was just reading about, it, it has like added animations, like little claymation figures or something. Thank and, you. And it was sort of, I guess, it was sort of an underground classic. Like you had to just order it direct from Frank Zappa <laughs> for a while. But now it's it's more widely distributed, and um, we've had a whole theme of like Music Month this month. And so that's, I believe, the one that we're showing this Friday. So it's Friday, 7 p.m. It's 214 North Washington in Carbondale. And for more information on them, you can go to www.bigmuddyimc.org.
1: And you can pretty much stop by there almost any time now. It seems like there's people there a lot now. There's, you know, there's not official office hours, but there seems to be people there a lot. Yeah. So. Um, inconvenient truth. Yes, <laughs> is playing. Um, that's that's the Al Gore thing.
2: Yeah, that's the Al Gore. He basically after the after he quote unquote lost the election.
1: It's like <laughs> um, Al Gore, who used to be our president.
2: Yeah, he he went around on a speaking tour related to issues of global warming, and so um, that's actually it, it may only be here this weekend, from what I understand.
1: Yeah, it's um. Well, first of all, it's amazing that it's actually in mainstream news. I yeah. Know, just news, mainstream <laughs> cinema or whatever. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a documentary, right?
2: Yeah, it's a documentary. It's basically him going around giving his speeches.
1: But um, I actually saw one of his speeches, and he was actually interesting and funny. Yeah. Besides, you know, getting up there and saying, "I used to be <laughs> your president," <laughs> <laughs> but because I used um. I used to uh, know him when I was a teenager when I was in Tennessee mm-hmm. and he wasn't very interesting <laughs> he was uh, he was like a professor yeah you know? he knew a lot of stuff but he wasn't he didn't make it interesting so maybe he's better because I mean I've heard um, I've had f- friends on both coasts who've seen the film already and people are very apathetic but people, they actually went out of their way to tell me if it comes to your town to see it. Yeah. So, and that's unusual. <laughs> for, so.
2: Yes. So global global warming and Al Gore sounds like a good time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. In the news, when it uranium's, it pours. New <laughs> nuke waste plan follows license for new nuclear facility. The U.S. government could store nuclear waste for up to 25 years at interim interim sites on federal land that includes sites. <laughs> that includes national forests. <laughs> Under a new proposal by Senator Pete Mancini, um Republican of New Mexico, over 50,000 50, tons tons of radioactive waste sit at nuclear power plants awaiting transfer to the proposed yucca mountain disposal <laughs> site in nevada which won't open until at least 2018. Huh. The feds were supposed to take, a po- take to have taken possession of the waste by 1998. Just sitting around for 8 years, it's yeah. like, hey we got some extra nukes here. Yeah,
2: we'll get to it eventually. <laughs>
1: And some facilities have actually sued over the delay. Well, duh, I don't want to <laughs> pile stuff sitting in my backyard. Yeah. Okay. The waste <laughs> issue is a nagging problem for the pro-nuke crowd, but it's not stopping them from moving ahead. Last week, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, or the NRC, licensed the first U.S. uranium enrichment plant in 30 years, a <laughs> $1.5 billion facility to build, be built in where else? New Mexico.
2: New Mexico. They don't have people there. No.
1: Demonsini said the license is important, quote, for what this facility will mean for the renaissance of nuclear energy in this country, end quote. The plant will generate waste that no U.S. disposal site is set up to handle (laughs) and will likely run out of on-site room for that waste in less than a decade. (laughs) Well, why don't they just build it further in the desert and then they have plenty of room?
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's called foresight.
1: (laughs) Seattle Post Intelligence... Well, straight to the source. Seattle Post Intelligencer, (laughs) Associated Press, Bloomberg News Service, the 27th of June, Washington Post, Associated Press the 25th of june you and today online and august french press the 26th of june i got it from a lot of news sources
2: yeah lots of sources on that one that's
1: i love i love the online what do you call it uh, to actually i'm subscribed to a newswire yeah and so (laughs) and they actually wanted to start charging something like 400 dollars a year and i was like well i use it for this radio show and they're like okay (laughs) yeah so when yeah yeah (laughs) environmental news service
2: yeah that's cool.
1: Yeah, they just take stuff <laughs> off the news wire that are interesting. So yeah,
2: interesting eco related. And yeah, I'd like to hear more. I'll keep my eyes peeled for more on that uh, interim storage Ooh, don't plan. Don't peel your
1: eyes. <laughs>
2: not literally. I'll keep my eyes open. <laughs> yeah,
1: there we go.
2: For more on that uh, interim storage plan, I just have this vision of like you know glowing metal barrels sitting around in the Shawnee, like. <laughs> hey,
1: there was there was a guy at an energy fair that built. A miniature underground nuclear waste facility plant, Uh and he's what they would do in there is they would make casks. You know what a cask is? Basically, they put um, spent um, nuclear waste inside concrete. And I think they're usually like I don't know, 10 foot around and like 10 foot tall. But he made miniature ones for. um, They call those casks. um, They put them in depositories. And so he made nuclear cast suppositories, <laughs> miniature ones, and he said, if you would like it in your backyard, put it where the sun don't shine. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere I have one of those. Yeah. Well, not in, yeah. I, somewhere not there. in my house. Somewhere
2: in your house. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and it was... It had a l- printed on this little cement, little suppository,
2: huh.
1: like, you know, a website or something, information.
2: Yeah.
1: But. Um, that he,
2: sounds like a good idea.
1: He had it set up that he could talk to the guys underneath, like some pre recorded loop. Like he would say something and you could hear from a microphone down there them answering. Huh. And they once they started freaking out because the rabbit grew another eye.
2: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: sounds okay. like fun. In other news.
2: Let's see, in other news, sudden impact. Glacier expert warns that climate is warming abruptly. A renowned glacier expert says the Earth's climate has passed a tipping point and entered a period of rapid warming that may threaten human civilization. Other than that, he's a barrel of laughs. laughs. Lonnie Thompson, who has taken core samples from glaciers for 23 years, suggests that the cool period humans had been enjoying until recently began with an abrupt change 5,200 years ago, which coincided with the rise of cities. About 50 years ago, conclude Thompson and eight other researchers in an article in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, our current abrupt warming spell began. The outlook isn't pretty. Summarizing data from ice core samples in the Andes and Himalayas, Thompson predicts that warming in the high mountains of the tropics, quote, is unprecedented for at least two millennia, and that tropical zone glaciers will melt completely, quote, in the near future. That means sea level rises, more floods and droughts, and less reliable sources of fresh water. But maybe getting a tan will be a snap. <laughs> Straight to the source, the Washington Post, 27th of June, 2006.
1: I have something on global warming. He said
2: buttress.
1: (laughs) Greenland is melting fast and worrying scientists. Greenland's name may soon be more accurate. In case you didn't know, Greenland has a little bit of green and Iceland has a little bit of ice. Greenland's name may soon be more accurate as its two-mile-thick ice sheet is melting twice as fast as it was five years ago. Faster than climate models actually predicted. Since 1991, the average winter temperature has risen almost 10 degrees. By 2005, the landmass was losing up to 52 cubic miles of ice a year. Meltwater has lubricated the bedrock beneath, causing glaciers to slide toward the sea even more quickly. That is, to say, the least bad news. Quote, the glaciers are like buttresses of the big cathedral. If you move the buttress, the cathedral will collapse. Hmm says geophysicist jose Riel. if the masses greenland uh, glaciers thawed entirely the sea level would rise by 20 feet scientists are monitoring the islands inland and denmark now plans to set up measuring stations on the edge of the ice cap to keep tabs on the quickly thinning ice perhaps we'll have a few years notice before we have to flee towards the midwest
2: (laughs) (laughs) here they come
1: straight to the source los angeles times the twenty fifth of June and MSNBC dot Associated Press the twenty third of June two thousand and six, <laughs> and speaking of the water rising, I don't know. I think it's the last thing on that page about the cup. There's yeah. like a a, a a cup you can buy that when it's when the cup's full of hot stuff, it shows the land covered with water. <laughs> like it's the it's the global warming cup. Did I remember to put it on there?
2: Ah uh, no, I'm not seeing it.
1: Okay. Anyway, it was a product for sale, the global warming cup, and um, I forgot where you can buy it. But if you email me, I've got it saved somewhere. So
2: <laughs> yeah, watch the glaciers melt. It kind of reminds me of uh, since I just saw the Superman movie, it reminds me of Lex Luthor's schemes to have like beachfront property. You know, if we buy up land now in the Midwest, then you know, twenty, thirty years, we might have oceanfront property.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: Okay, so, anyway, (laughs) in other news... Ah, let's see. I've got to read this one just because I like olives. Olive twist. Not Oliver twist, olive twist. (laughs) Climate change farmer plants England's first olive grove. Britain's first olive grove has been planted in Devon, in southwestern England, made possible by global warming. Traditionally an iconic crop of Mediterranean regions, the olive may soon be able to flourish in more northerly climates some specialists believe, thanks to rising temperatures. Olive entrepreneur Mark Diakono hopes that his, quote, climate-change farm will produce Britain's first homegrown olive oil in five to seven years. Diakono, who plans to grow his crops organically, has also planted warm-weather-loving apricots and almonds. The only question, he says, is, quote, have I done this 10 years too early or 20 years too early? <laughs> But I don't think so. <laughs> Emilio Siaci, uh, who provided dia- Diacono with trees from Tuscany, doesn't think so either. Siaci has co founded a business that aims to promote olive groves across southern England, straight to the source, The Independent, 26th of June, 2006. See, maybe I'll have those olive trees here in southern Illinois someday.
1: Yeah
2: that i would like
1: <laughs> all right two good two bits of good news on the renewable energy front Da-da-da-da. starting july 1st which is the new physical year there will be one million dollars in solar energy rebates in the state of illinois so if you are a member of um what is it n- n- if you're not a member of electric co-op if you are a member of a regular utility um i what an investor-owned utility you can are eligible for that. More information is available on IllinoisEnergy.org. And I don't know if you remember, two weeks ago we talked about, they passed um, a law that said that all wind generators had to have a test passed by the FAA to see if they were, um, well, if they would be mess with planes. And they found out that, well, the FAA doesn't need to even check that. And so, um, let's see. I lost the page. Here we go. Basically, uh, Cape Wind Poison Pill Dissolves, Washington, D.C., RenewableEnergyAccess.com. Congressional language described as a poison pill by supporters of the Cape Wind Offshore Wind Project will be extracted from a broader legislation package and a new compromise reached by lawmakers on Capitol Hill. So, I mean, it actually stopped because uh, someone didn't like that it's, you know, a rich area, and they didn't have to, one, have wind generators on, being able to see them on the horizon <laughs> yeah. out in the ocean. And so they, um, you know, one of the um, senators who actually has a house there um, passed this legislation that actually stopped wind farms here in the Midwest, too. stopped <laughs> wind farms nationwide.
2: Yeah, nationwide.
1: Because, so for about, you know, two, three weeks, they... Everybody had to quit construction until, um, but they're working on them again in northern Illinois, putting up some wind farms. So. Yeah,
2: because everyone knows that wind farms are uh, less aesthetically pleasing than rich people's houses, <laughs> so they had to block. I was thinking, <laughs> well,
1: don't compare wind farms to houses. Wind farms to new plant and coal plants. Yeah. That's more.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if they don't want the wind farms, you could just put one of those giant nuke towers in their neighborhood. <laughs> anyway. I you actually have found the story for me. I was just completely missing it. But the global warming mug. Each mug is covered <laughs> with a map of the world. When you pour in a hot beverage, the mug shows what happens when the world heats up and the oceans begin to rise. Landmass disappears before your very eyes. Wow, oh, that even rhymes. <laughs> Please note the mug is not dishwasher safe. <laughs> Somehow that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> to buy it you can go to www.wackyplanet.com slash glwadimug.html.
1: That, M-U-G. What does that stand for? It doesn't stand for anything.
2: Global Warming Die Mug. <laughs> <laughs> I guess global warming will make you die, so buy the mug. <laughs> that's interesting. I'll check that out. And if you missed that link, you can contact one of us.
1: And on their, the website, it actually has like a, a video where <laughs> The, the mug, like, get someone, you know, put some stuff in it, and, like, literally, like, half of South America disappears. Yeah. And um, Florida disappears. Um, I forget what else. But I'd like to see if we chunks, do have... Big chunks of land. Yeah.
2: And
1: that's we might, if the ocean raises 20 feet.
2: Yeah, if the ocean raises 20 feet, we might actually get, you know, this might be the Gulf of Mexico.
1: <laughs> so, um... Unless you have a final one. I have just kind of an interesting one. This is called Crowd Power. Vibrations from passing trucks, the rumbling of speeding trains, and even the footfall of busy city commuters could be captured and converted into energy to light walkways and buildings. Huh. Basically, they they showed a picture of people walking on stairs, and then it, just the vibration of them stepping on the floor would, like this foam stuff on the floor would pump and make electricity to light up the walkways. Yeah. So, um, a London-based architectural firm is working on a project that aims to harness the pulse of the city (laughs) and use it as a renewable energy source. Tens of thousands of people can pass through urban hubs like train stations during rush hour, says facility architects director Claire Price and quote. You don't need to be a math genius to realize that if you can harness that power, you can actually generate a very useful power source that is currently being wasted.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: the architectural team, can you imagine an architectural firm thinking of something like that? <laughs> yeah, it must be a pretty cool one. Yeah, it's just like, the architectural team is working from with university research groups to finish two vibration harvesting prototypes by December. <laughs> The first is a staircase that will contain hydraulic or piezoelectric technology in the risers. The technology will pick up kinetic energy from commuter footfalls and convert it into electric current. (laughs) And this was from News and Science (laughs) Online.
2: So powered by people power.
1: Yeah. So we will be back next week. If you would like to um, contact us, our website is yourcommunityspirit.org have a good day remember it's much cooler in the woods yes so enjoy the woods
3: hey what are we talking again again talking to our my friend friend, talking about the food over oh, numb, over oh, numb, cause we don't want no more of them, them problems, hey, I won't panic if it's organic, don't give me the artificial cause I just can't stand it. I won't panic if it's organic, just give me the natural food and watch me as I damage. I won't panic if it's organic, don't give me the artificial cause I just can't stand it. I won't panic if it's organic, just give me the natural food and watch me, ayy. Hey, food will make me have to cook it tight. So that my body can be well vital, fresh from the garden, it's botanical. Hey, when I feed my man, material. Ooh, give me the green vegetable, yeah, right there on my table. Ooh, it keeps my heart rate stable, yeah. It makes me willing really and able. Don't play, don't play with my food FBA day. Don't play, don't play. With my food after day, day. I won't panic if it's organic, don't give me the artificial, cause I just can't stand it. I won't panic if it's organic, cause me the natural foods and watch me as a dentist. I won't panic if it's organic, don't give me the artificial, cause I just can't stand it. I won't panic if it's organic. Cause give me the natural foods and watch me as an anemist. In the ground, I'll hydroponic. If it's food, oh, if it's chronica, uh, Is it real, oh, is it a trick? Uh, will it make you strong, oh, will it make you sicker? Uh, in the ground, oh, hydroponica uh, If it's food, oh, if it's chronica, uh, Is it real, oh, is it a trick? Uh, will it make you strong, oh, will it make you